Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name's Stuart, I'm the Minister, and it's my privilege to welcome you along to this, one of our services from a Sunday morning. You can find us on the web at st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the service. Hi, welcome. My name is Stuart, I'm the Minister of St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. It's my pleasure to welcome you today. Please, if you can, take a minute to say hello in the comments or click like. It's always great to know who's watching us and where in the world you are. If you enjoyed today's reflection, then please share it with your friends. All of our services since lockdown are available to watch again on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel and in the sermon section of our website. You can always listen to each service on a podcast called St Ninian Sermons. You can find that on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and you can listen by telephone on 01698 755533. So that means you can find us on pretty much any device that you have, your smart TV and even your smart speaker. We've tried to make it as easy as we can to find us because we want you to feel welcome here. And that's what we're thinking about today. So welcome. Welcome wherever you are and whoever you are. We continue with Matthew's story of Jesus in chapter 10. A couple of weeks ago we heard Jesus sending out his 12 disciples to go and tell people the good news that the kingdom of God was near. And last week Yvonne talked about Jesus' warning that that wouldn't be plain sailing. It would cause tension and even division because not everyone would be pleased about having to change. And today we hear the end of that conversation. This week's reading, we're reading from a version of the Bible called The Message, written by Eugene Peterson. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 to 42. We are intimately linked in this harvest work. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me, the one who sent you. Anyone who accepts what I do accepts my Father, who sent me. Accepting a messenger of God is as good as being God's messenger. Accepting someone's help is as good as giving someone help. This is a large work I've called you into but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who's thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. You won't lose out on a thing. One of the things that being in lockdown has made me think about is how we welcome people. When we're first introduced to someone, we shake their hands. Or if perhaps we know them a bit better, we might give them a hug. In other places, you might kiss someone on both cheeks. But we're not allowed to do that at the moment. It's one of the things that we've all missed the most. That's because we are built for physical contact. We're hardwired for welcome. So we find a way to express our delight at seeing someone in a different way. From a fist bump to that strange forearm thing that footballers have been doing. There have been foot taps and nods and air hugs. Perhaps curtsies will make a comeback. That might be pretty cool. Or maybe we'll adopt the Eastern tradition of bowing to one another. But whatever it happens, it, it seems like shaking hands could be a thing of the past. After all, it's a custom from the past, developed to show that someone wasn't holding a sword or a dagger behind their back. But it's not just the physical act of welcome that we've been deprived of. 
We've not been able to welcome people into our homes. Our families and friends have been at best two metres away in our back gardens, or on our screens, or at the end of a telephone. The balance between keeping us safe from a virus with no cure, and at the same time trying to mitigate the damage that social isolation does, is a difficult one. But perhaps as we begin to ease our own enforced isolation, we might have a much better sense of what it means to be alone. Social isolation is one of the biggest issues our society faces. And it was a massive problem long before anyone had ever heard of coronavirus. Our way of living has promoted loneliness. That, of course, is mostly unintentional, but the way that we live has caused us to lead more and more separate lives. And that has some pretty serious consequences for our mental health and our well-being. Each Tuesday and Thursday, we have morning prayers. We do that on Zoom. You can join us if you want to. You're always welcome. It's a wee service during which we talk about the readings from the Bible for this week. On Tuesday is the Old Testament and on Thursday we talk about the Gospel reading. And this week we talked about this one that you heard earlier. There's always something in that conversation that makes me think in a different way about what the reading is telling us. I suppose that's what happens when people join together in conversation and talk and share their thoughts. This week we talked about how difficult it can be to welcome a stranger. The risks, the awkwardness, the fear of having someone you don't know in your home. And that's all true and it's all more than valid. But it highlighted a problem for me with church. Because for the most part we expect people to come to us. We organise services and events and we hope that people will come. Sometimes they do, and very occasionally people invite their friends. But that's mostly for the fun stuff at Christmas or perhaps around a significant event like Remembrance. Those who come to church on a Sunday aren't always great at inviting other people. And when we know people will be coming for something like a baptism, we gear up to welcome them. Come on in, sit down, make yourself comfortable. Well, as comfortable as you can on these hard wooden benches. Welcoming in new people can be difficult. It's always a bit of a risk. What if they don't like it? Or worse, what if they don't like us? What if they're difficult? What if they ask awkward questions? What if they want us to explain what's happening? Or even worse, what all this means? Like we have any idea? And that's in real life where someone's standing in front of us and we can have a face-to-face conversation with them. So how does that welcoming thing happen now? online. If we're worried about putting ourselves forward to welcome people in real life, then isn't it even easier just to lurk in the shadows online? I've noticed an interesting phenomena as we've moved our services online, and it's this. Everyone behaves like a visitor, even the people who come to St Ninian's Church every Sunday. And now I'm the host. So let's do a wee experiment. If you're watching this, then please click like or say hello in the chat box or comments, just so we can see who's there, because we can't. I can see how many people have watched and for how long, but I have no idea who you are or where you are. In some ways I'm doing this just hoping that someone's tuning in, and if you are, I hope you feel welcome and that you might want to come back. I've welcomed you into my home and I'm glad that you've joined me.
but I'm also in your house, on your tablet or laptop or phone or TV or speaker. I'm in your living room or your kitchen. You've welcomed me into your home and I appreciate that. If welcoming people is sometimes awkward, what about being welcomed? We're supposed to explore the story from all the angles. And it didn't occur to any of us the other day that we might be the stranger. We might be the one that nobody knows. The one who is turning up unannounced. The one who's wondering, will I be welcomed or not? It's odd that we didn't really consider that possibility because the story is about Jesus sending out his disciples. And the disciples are the strangers. The one who will be welcomed or not. Listened to or not. Accepted or not. So I wonder... Why is it we didn't identify with them first? Because in any other day, I'd be off down Disciple Street thinking about how we're sent out, how we are asked to go to spread the good news to our friends and our neighbours and how we might do that. The words that we might use, the message that we might focus on. How can we tell people who have little experience of church or who don't know the stories of the Bible? Well, how do we tell them about Jesus in a way that makes sense, that isn't patronising, that's not weird or just not very interesting. Jesus tells his disciples that they will be welcomed as someone who brings God's message. So there's something in this story about identity. It asks us, who will people see me as? Will they recognise me as one of Jesus' followers? And how do I feel about that? Because there's a risk. A risk associated with that identity. Later on in the story, Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, will deny even knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times in one night. All because he was scared that people might harm him because of that identity. I wonder, when was the last time you spoke to someone about your faith? When was the last time you invited someone to join us? The truth is, we are on both sides of this story. We're both the ones who are sent out and the ones who welcome in. And that means being vulnerable and alone sometimes. This passage isn't just about being the one who welcomes. It's about being the one who's sent out. We are the strangers. We are the disciples. All the talk at the moment is about easing lockdown. And for us at St Ninians, that means a very serious conversation about under which circumstances the church building might reopen. Someone asked a really important question recently. What place does a physical, dedicated church building have in the ongoing missional strategy of your congregation? And that's a brilliant question. And I'm not sure that I know the answer. I think that building has a place, but so does our YouTube channel. When we have a place to go, it's often much easier just to stay inside, to hide behind the big stone walls and the stained glass. To sit in rows where we look at the back of one another's heads, where actually very little is asked or expected of us. And all of a sudden we found ourselves out in the world, with a whole new set of priorities and problems. And we, you, all of you, wherever you are, have set about looking after people, the sick and the lonely, the isolated and the bereaved, perhaps much more than we would do in normal times. There are some serious questions for us to think about in the weeks and months ahead. Questions not just about opening a building, but questions about what it means to be a church. Questions about 
What kind of world we want to live in? And questions about what part we might play in that. This sending out story starts with Jesus talking about welcome. It's the only time the word for welcome appears in Matthew's story of Jesus. It appears twice in this chapter, so it must be important. So what and who do we welcome? Do we welcome new ideas? Do we welcome new ways of doing things? Do we really welcome strangers and friends? And are we a bit nervous about being welcomed? Because we're the ones who are out there in the world, caring and supporting and loving and bringing a story of hope and peace and justice and mercy. Is the church leaving the building really good news? Has that meant that it's now not welcome to my place or welcome to my church, but instead welcome to a story? Welcome to this amazing story that still has the power to change lives, to change the world. Jesus says, this is a large work that I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who's thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. That's where God is found. That's where our work should be. That might happen inside the building or outside. It might happen as we are the person who comes bearing that gift or as the person who welcomes it in. Whatever side of that story we're on, God is there with us. God of welcome, we thank you that you are always ready, waiting to welcome us, always waiting to spend time with us and hear what we want to bring to you in prayer. This prayer could be an endless list, and there will be situations missed and people escaping our attention. But we know that you are able to see beyond our limited memories and hold all that pains creation with us and for us. We are so consumed by the effects of a virus that many situations have gone unnoticed. We pray now for those in our world who feel forgotten. For refugees in camps, not only worried about when their lives might take a better turn, but now also fearful of this invisible danger. For men, women and children behind closed doors, living with danger and torment at the hands of people who profess to love them. For people living with life-limiting conditions, relying on reduced levels of care, fearful of catching this virus as they fear their treatment will be limited. For those in the background, within caregiving services, the cleaners and janitorial staff, the administrators and managers, doing what is needed to ensure hospitals and care homes run smoothly and safely. For places of conflict, where with attention elsewhere, dangers are increased and tensions raised, and where deaths continue unheeded. So many places, so many concerns, Lord. Thank you that we can bring them to you. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this service. If you've got any comments, then you can leave them here on anchor.fm. And don't forget, you can find us on the web at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk.